The 4th of July is coming early because we have a silver boot series that is action-packed between the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. We'll be talking about that and more on this episode of the Texas Baseball Report. Hit to right center. I've got a really good chance to score. Those are the little things that just make base running a little bit easier. 3-2 to Josh Young. This one lifted in the air to deep left field. And that one is a long gone. Josh Young with an absolute bomb. Welcome to the Texas Baseball Report with your host, Rip Griffin. Speaking of the flight deck, Air Jordan just landed in the flight deck. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Texas Baseball Report. I am your host, Rip Griffin. You can follow me on Twitter at RipGriffin3. You can follow the Texas Baseball Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Texas Baseball Report. It is a Silver Boot Series weekend between our Texas teams, the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. And joining me to talk about the Astros, the man himself, Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey from Lockdown Astros, joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Rip. Thanks for having me on. Man, talk about a banger intro. Man, if the series goes off the way that this that this episode started, man, we are in for a show. This is this is a uh, series that I didn't anticipate being this hot at this point in the season. Uh, just because, you know, and we'll get into it, just because I just thought, well, the Rangers are still maybe another year out, and they so far are not pretenders. They are, uh, you can't call them, you have to call them contenders at this point. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an exciting series, and the Astros are coming in hot right now. Yeah, both teams are kind of looking at this series as a um, to kind of turn the tables for them. We've got the Texas Rangers that are currently leading the division. We've got the Astros that are slowly starting to kind of come up. Uh, they are sitting back at five games. But this is, gonna, this is a make-or-break series going, and this is a good series as we head into the All-Star break here in just a minute, and we'll kind of touch on some things uh, in this series. But real quick, did you see the All-Star jerseys coming out? These are the new Nike Vapor Premier chassis. I did, I did see them. Um, now, while I, like, I like them. I like the design. I like the coloration of them, but I don't know that I would wear it because it is Seattle green. <laughs> it is a sea green. And the only thing I think of when I think of Seattle is I think of CS sink. So <laughs> yeah, I just like, I'm pretty sure people will buy the, maybe the Jordan Jersey if he gets voted in, but what player is going to be on that Jersey? Is it going to be Framber? You know, what, what pitcher from our team or what player is going to represent um, Dubon? But yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be a hard pass on purchasing anything with an Astros name on the back. What do you think, Rip? Well, I do like the homage to the, Seattle because they do bring in kind of that, you know, it is called the evergreen state. So they do bring in a lot of those colors and whatnot, the Navy blues, the teals, like you said, which Astros players are going to be representing and going to be wearing this Jersey. We don't know yet. Hopefully it's Jordan. We know he didn't quite make the cut for starter, but I mean, Dusty's at the helm, right? We, we've got both major league on both the world series managers, um, uh, 
representing each league that will be managing the series. So we know Dusty's going to be in there. So you know he's going to be bringing in some of his players. Hopefully we see we see uh, Mauricio Dubon, and we've got maybe Jose Altuve. Maybe we've got um, even Jordan as well. So, but I like it. You know, if, if you're going to the game, it might be one of those things you just get just to kind of you know remember, reflect on it. Like uh, you may not even wear it, but hey, at least you got it. You were there. Uh, at the game. So I like it. Like the color. Would I wear it every day? Would I wear it to a game? Probably not. Would I have it just to keep? Sure. Why not? Spend $154. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you wear it if you go to a Mariners game. I guess the Mariners crowd isn't as ruckus as maybe, you know, Dodger Stadium or Yankee Stadium. Right. Um, and that was actually kind of funny recently. <laughs> and I couldn't tell if people were genuinely offended or if they were just giving their friends a hard time, but there were a lot of people throwing shade like, oh my gosh, y'all don't even look like Astros fans. You're not wearing orange. And, you know, social media is so much of like perceived reality a lot of times and a lot of really hard opinions. But look, with the game being in Seattle, Dusty Baker will also have Scott Service in the dugout with them and people are like, does Dusty even like Scott? And I'm like, look, Dusty's at the age where he he's not going to have a beef with, with hardly anybody. I mean, but it is, it is kind of funny though, that, you know, service who has battled the Astros the last few years and the Astros who, you know, just took care of business last year, the way they did, you know, a former player just seems to have a real disdain for the Astros, which, you know, understandably so, you know, we've, we beat them every step of the way. So why would he like be kind? But I don't I don't think service and Baker are gonna not talk to each other in the dugout at the all-star game. I mean, it's the all-star game. And one thing I've learned about ball players is fans take those kind of things way more seriously than the players do. Absolutely right. Speaking of ball players, you actually were at uh, Constellation Field. You got to see the newest addition to the Space Cowboys and Spencer Argetti. How did uh, how did he look in his first appearance? He looked good. You know, um, he started out the first inning, the first few batters, a little shaky, but he got, um, he struck out his last two batters. I believe he ended up striking out six over six. And um, he gave up a couple solo shots, but left field is not hard to hit out in, out in Sugarland. And what a lot of people don't, don't realize is the Pacific Coast League is a hitters league. And when you look at players, so his ERA may, may, take a hit upwards because they play half their games in altitude. And so right. you're going to see probably some rising of the ERA, but that's not going to be any indication of really where he is. He looked good. He settled in. I mean, it was, I thought it was a very good debut. Um, anything like the only way it could have been better is if those two solo shots stay in the ballpark and they're out. And, right. and then you're not getting up any runs, but yeah, Spencer looked good. Um, he was out there. And he got squeezed a couple times. Well, I say he got squeezed. They had the ABS going, the automatic balls and strikes. And there were a, a he could have had probably two or three more strikeouts, maybe if he was in Corpus, because I think they were so close to the plate that an umpire probably would have called a third strike. But look, man, you're victim to that. And something I learned out there is Monday through Thursday, they have the ABS system. You cannot challenge it. And then over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they can actually challenge balls and strikes. The pitcher, Interesting. the catcher, or the hitter can all challenge. And you have three challenges. 
So let's say I have three challenges and I challenge two pitches in the, in the first and second inning, but I win both those challenges. I still have my three challenges. Okay. And all they have to do, the, the catcher touches his helmet, the batter touches his helmet, or the pitcher indicates he wants. And then they replay the pitch on the screen, much like Wimbledon, you know, where the tennis ball goes and hits the line or not. Right. And, you know, Oddly enough, J.J. Medicevic, I believe the last I heard, he had challenged three pitches. He lost all three challenges because oh, the man. ball literally touched a part of the white line. Oh, and man. that's got to be infuriating because you're like, okay, it's clearly like 99.9% of the balls out of the zone, but that one little piece of the sphere hits that line, boom, it's a strike, you're done. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, there's some good and some bad, but I think they're testing both right now to see how to implement that system. But I think that challenge system is probably coming pretty soon. And anytime they look at a guy that's got the ABS in his ear, the umpire will just go, we'll just point to his ear. I didn't make that call. <laughs> right. That, that kind of takes the uh, the pressure off the umpire a little bit because, I mean, if uh, if a manager comes out and wants to challenge and wants to argue it and, and a player gets rung up and he's always you – know, it's in my head. It's all it is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, interesting. So, but, uh, yeah, I think I agree. It's going to be somewhere. We'll probably see it hopefully, you know, maybe next year, or the year, year after that, 2025. So, uh, changes are coming. Obviously, like they continue to change every year throughout Major League Baseball. But, um, so let's touch on these, uh, Cardinal series, Cardinals Astros series, because it sets up the Lone Star showdown between the Astros and Rangers this weekend. The Cardinals, are a team that obviously they're, they're scuffling right now. They are a team that's probably going to be sellers at the at the trade deadline because when we look at the NL Central, it, it's I mean either there are lots of teams could go and, and take a run at this division. St. Louis coming in at thirty three and forty seven. They're currently nine and a half games back of the first place Cincinnati, the Reds at forty three and twenty eight, which we all saw a couple of weeks ago. They're a minute made, but. This was a winnable series, and it was from the start. It was a – we look at game one. It was kind of back and forth, kind of low scoring. You know, ultimately, there was a couple of bad calls, I want to say, whether or not you can agree with me or uh, whatever you think. But that was a close one. They lost 4-2. to two. But then Wednesday and Thursday, offense kind of picked up. And 10-7, it was a back and forth game on Wednesday. And then, of course, the shutout last night, which was – uh, 14 to nothing, 26 runs the Astros scored. How does this, what's, what does this series mean for the Astros as they continue to look forward as we get to the all-star break? Well, I think right off the bat, you, you have to realize that you can't discredit it, right? Um, this is a major league baseball team. They, they have former MVPs on this team. They have all-stars on this team. And yeah, I mean, pitching has been their Achilles heel. You know, it's interesting. Their two best hitters hitting like 270, 280. But you would think with where they're at that that Arenado and Goldschmidt would be hitting around 220, right? I mean, so their guys are still hitting, getting on base. They're just not able to hold opponents. And so the come from behind victory. And I agree with Chris Castellani, Barstool Sports. He did say... Jose Altuve, for all intents and purposes, probably saved the Astros season. I mean, right. bottom line is that home run, the Abreu home run, just really set the tone. And for them to have a come-from-behind victory. Now, what is the catalyst in all this? Is it is it the turnaround, or is it 
the Stanek explosion off the mound? Is it right? Because since then, I believe they're three and one, um, yeah. you know, since that game. And Altuve has really made a difference. Abreu is starting to hit. And things look like they're clicking. Montero got back on track. Presley is still himself. And they don't even have Jordan back. So right. this is the silver lining. Yes, I think even against a team like the Cardinals that's not ultra competitive, it's still a big series win. Because, again, a come-from-behind win to stack 14 runs and not give up any. Look, the Angels scored 32 runs in a three-game series and still lost the series. Right. That's the difference between the Angels and the Astros. The Astros scored 26 in three games. They win the three-game series. So that is where this team is, and they're going to add pieces. So I don't think the picture is as bleak as we were thinking it was just five days ago. Right. It was definitely a – you can kind of feel the momentum, like you mentioned, with that uh, that Dodgers series, which they dropped. But you had Stanek coming off the mound and being completely fired up because of that balk call, which I still don't think was a balk to this day. And I would take that to my grave because that there was a complete argument about that going on all over social media that he did this, he did that, he lifted his leg. But, you know, there's the rules. And the rules are very vague as to what a pitcher can do prior to getting set on the mound but we're not going to talk about the ball call, call because that was that was the light that lit the fuse for the Astros to get into this series. They knew going right. into this series because regardless or not the Cardinals yes they're they're a sub 500 team last place in the A on the excuse me the NL Central but you still can't take any team for granted especially when you have two teams like the Astros and Cardinals that were both NL rivals that you know basically Knocked the Astros out of possibly a World Series berth there in 2004 with the Albert Pujols home run. And they were just were constantly a thorn in, in their side going back in the early 90s as, as well. Those were the two teams that were at the top of the National League. We knew there was going to be a, lots of emotion going into this series. And the Astros just came in and absolutely dominated. Now, yeah. timely hitting. Runners in scoring position, grand slams. Our Alex, Alex Bregman hitting that grand slam just solidified everything. Uh, it just goes to show that this team doesn't quit. Yes, they're down. Yes, we may question some of the lineup calls, what Dusty's doing, but this team, like they've we've heard, they're they're a family. They get into it. They back each other up, and we saw that in this series. We saw them pick each other up. We saw them get excited, have fun, and going into the break that's needed because we need that momentum going into the second half. Exactly. And look, I mean, people want to have their cake and eat it too. Like they want the Astros to win, but it's so funny um, to a fan base that I think is really spoiled um, in that when they win, they're like, well, but it was the Cardinals. And I'm like, hold up. You just right. got through complaining because this team wasn't doing enough to beat the teams that are bad. This was a bad team. You didn't play down to them. The 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 double digit run curse, which really, since I think the last time they had scored double digits back to back games was in 2021. Um, Eric talked about it on last night's show. So you erase the double digit curse for whatever it's worth. If that was an actual curse or just a fan thing, because I'm pretty sure the Astros don't go. Well, we scored ten runs. We're not scoring any tomorrow. I think. 
you know, interesting circumstances, pitchers who you face, just you end up doing that, you know. Anyways, this team, I think, is still poised for a playoff run. Going into Arlington, you may be looking at a team that you may face in the playoffs, whether you are the wild card or they are the wild card. Both of these teams will probably be in the mix. And it would be interesting to see an ALDS or an ALCS between the Rangers and the Astros. There would be a lot of talk going back and forth because of the Houston-Dallas thing, the whole DFW versus H-Town rivalry. That would be that would be awesome to see two Texas teams battling out for the World Series and the ALCS. You know, we usually we get the Astros and Yankees, which is a great rivalry, a great for postseason baseball. But a storybook ALCS when you have the Rangers who are who are the team that are up and coming, have made the moves, spent the money, and then you've got the Astros who have been at the top of the division for so long. These two are big brother is taking on little brother, and for for all the marbles in the World Series, for, and that that would be a storybook. That would be what is it when you? That would be a big time like ratings booster. There we go. That's what I was thinking of ratings booster, right? And I'm I, I would love to see. I was talking to CJ Nikowski last week, who from uh, MLB uh, Network Radio. There we go. And he's also the broadcaster of the the Rangers. I mean, I asked him that question. What are the chances of an ALCS between Astros and Rangers? He said it's definitely a possibility. If these two teams continue to be at the top of the division, these two teams continue to to battle it out. Yeah, we can happen. It could happen to ALCS. That would be that'd be a lots of fun to watch. You know, and that's the thing. And you know, I, I was sitting here looking, you know, not to jump the gun, but I was sitting here looking at the Astros lineup versus the um versus the Rangers lineup. And you only have two guys in red with hard hit percentages over four. Well, we have three because you have Yanner Diaz. But you have Diaz, Tucker, and Abreu all with 40-something-plus percent hard hit percentage. Of course, they don't have Jordan in here because he's on the IL. But when you go to the Rangers, Seager, Garcia, both over 50%. Josh Jung, Duran, 47-plus. Um, Mitch Garber, who's got a star by his name. I don't know why that is. I don't know if he's hurt or because he's only 51. Anyways. Leonis Tavares, 44, Nathaniel Lowe, 42, Josh Smith, 41. I mean, even Jonah Heim gets close. Simeon's at 40. So mm-hmm. these guys bash. These guys hit yeah, the ball. They do. And they are a formidable offense. You know, I guess the question has always been, can their pitching hold up in the long run? And the thing that they haven't been doing that the Astros have been doing, Rip, and I don't know what you think about this, is they've been playing almost every single day. Yeah. Now – I noticed that, yeah. You know, baseball and baseball players, I don't necessarily know they're built differently, but they're conditioned differently. So I'm wondering what negative impact that's going to have on the Rangers. Like, is there not enough foresight? Or are there guys like, you know what, we're good. Like, we're just going to go with how our guys are feeling. And they're grinders. And I, I'm not saying Simeon and Seager are going to automatically shut it down or Garcia is just going to shut it down because, oh, they're like, oh, we played 85% of our games. We're done. But – you have a lot less chance of a lot more chance of maybe injury or muscle fatigue when you get into the dog days right. towards the playoff run. So do you, do you think that's something to, for, uh, for Rangers fans to be thinking about? 
I think so because they definitely need some some bullpen help, especially on the back end of the bullpen. And I did hear that uh, yesterday. They were talking about it on MLB Network Radio there on Sirius XM that uh, pitchers were going back-to-back days, relief pitchers going back-to-back days, multiple days, two, three days in a row. And when you get into – that's one of the things that helped the Astros so much in the postseason was the rest of the bullpen. They weren't taxed throughout the season. And that's going to come into play when you get into September. And, of course, if they make it to October, that's going to be key for them to to see what they can do. But when we look at this Silver Boot Series, when we look at these two teams, it's been a storybook rivalry from the moment the Astros joined the American League and even beyond further. I mean, these two teams kind of went at it. Like I mentioned in the open, we got two teams that are hitting, that are at the top of their division right now. And we've got the Texas Rangers that are leading the, the division at 49 and 32. We've got the Astros right behind them, 44 and 37, five games back. Like I mentioned, too, they this it will be the second time uh, these two teams have met up this season with the Rangers leading this series two games to one. With this series that we have here, it's a four-game series. This is something that we have. Usually, four-game series starts on Thursday through Sunday, but this one goes Thursday, goes Friday through Monday, which is something different with yeah. how they restructured it. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a fun one tonight, especially with Bruno Blanco on the mound. How do you think it's going to match up between this, this Rangers team that has, like you mentioned, smashed the ball? Well, I think I think Bruno Blanco is, is a great guy to have on the mound because, A, they haven't seen him before. What I'm worried about is his second or possibly third time through the lineup because he is susceptible to give up the long ball. Um his because he doesn't throw a ton of smoke, he doesn't throw with mass. He's not a big velo guy. He's more of a placement pitcher. He, he's he's not a high velo guy, but he's not a Greg Maddox, right? He's not gonna he's not gonna paint the corners with an eighty-seven mile an hour fastball. He's gonna throw in the low nineties, but it's what are his excuse me? What are his pitches doing? Um, how is he keeping the hitters off balance? Is he going to attack with the fastball, and are they going to be aggressive? Um, when they're aggressive, is he going to pull back, and is he going to start throwing his off-speed stuff? Just really, it's all about game plan, and that's what – I mean, I'm pretty sure you're going to see Martin Maldonado behind the plate because he's the guy that they feel guides them the most. Because, look, um, I just looked it up. The Astros and Rangers all time, the Astros are have 124 wins to 132 losses. So they're literally wow. – almost 500, which is interesting because both clubs over our history are around 500. So, um, you know, we're, you know, and of course we don't have as long a history as most teams do, but ours is a little bit longer than the Rangers. But if Ronel Blanco goes in, he stays focused. He keeps the hitters off balance and he doesn't plate any of these pitches to where they're, they, if they don't tee off on him early and he's able to settle in early, I think that bodes well for the rest of the group. Cause then the relief pitchers, they can start looking at the footage and the relief pitcher. Go, okay, look, this is what's really effective or whatever. And they can decide and they can, they can kind of, um, and then they can start backwards playing. Okay. We know press is going to have the ninth if we're within three or four runs. Right. Right. But let's set it up and boom, see who we're going to get in there. Now, Montero pitches two innings, and so he probably won't pitch tonight. But, look, as long as Blanco goes, I think, a solid five or six innings, 
the Astros have a good chance. They just have to limit the scoreboard. They have to limit the crooked numbers. On top of that, they've got to counter with runs of their own. Right. I mean, especially when, when we look at the offenses, I mean, the Texas Rangers right now are, are ranked first in several categories. When we look at hits, we look at runs, RBIs, average, uh, on-base percentage. They all are leading the league right now, uh, sixth in home runs, while the Astros come in right there at the middle of the pack, ranked 14th in the hits, uh, 13th in home runs, 11th in RBIs and runs, and 17th in, in batting average offensively. So, um, I mean, the Rangers come in third at slugging, second in OPS. Uh, so, I mean, this is why that this is why Ronald Blanco needs to kind of limit and kind of get into that groove early to kind of quiet this offense. But I mean, you've got leaders like Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman. Kyle Tucker right now uh, with 11 home runs, 49 RBIs. His on pace, his OPS is at 822, uh, barreling the ball, barreling the ball with the exit velo, averaging 91.5. Jeremy Pena is getting in there. Jose Abreu, you mentioned him just a little while ago, kind of getting into it. How important is it for him to get back into it now, batting 236 with six home runs and 41 RBIs? You know, I think it's great. You know, his his hard hit percentage has has gone up. Um, his average exit velocity is 89.7. So he's really starting to see the ball well. You would, you know, his, his ex-slugging, ex-batting, his ex-woba, is still something to be desired, but I think it's trending in the right direction. And his his strikeouts are are down around twenty three percent, and so you you would like that down another five or six percent at least. But I think with where he's at, you just look at June, what he's done in June, and I mean he has nineteen RBI, I think, in in the month of June, where this is the last day of June. Can he get another home run? It'd be nice for him to tack on another one because I think he has six this month. If Abreu continues his his rise in the offensive categories, then you're going to see a guy that in July he can take that heat and he could possibly work for a couple players of the week, maybe a player of the month type of, you know, accolade. And, and this is the Jose Abreu we were told we were getting. So it's great. And I think the key is Jordan is not in there. Right. If Jordan was in there, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, well, you know, he's just feeding off of Jordan. Because earlier, Jordan was mashing and he wasn't doing anything. And then apparently, according to him, he didn't realize his bat spoke Spanish because he was speaking <laughs> English to his bat. You know, it, it's just, look, this team has the makings of a great team. They just have not played great baseball. And I don't think it's a World Series hangover. I, I just think it's what happens sometimes. I mean, you go on a long run. A lot of your guys didn't have any kind of offseason. They go straight into the World Baseball Classic. And mm -hmm. I, I just think they had a lot of reasons why you can go, okay, it makes sense why this team sputtered off the runway. But, look, once they get hot, there's no other team in the league that I put my trust in more than this team because six straight ALCS gives them a lot of validity. Yeah, I definitely think we have not seen the best from the Astros yet, and we're going to see that in the second half, I believe. You mentioned the bullpen. Um, you know, Sean Dubin has been a guy that's been coming in, a good long reliever who's been – the last 10 days, he's, he's thrown a lot of pitches, uh, 39 pitches in, in his last uh, his last well appearances. 
Uh, we haven't seen much. We didn't see much of Hector Neris in that series with the Cardinals. We did see a little bit from Brian Abreu, Phil Maton. Everybody's it looks like everybody's pretty rested. You mentioned Rafael Montero. Like we probably won't see him starting tonight with this series, four game series, nonetheless. There at Arlington, we'll call them the ball, the Arlington Rangers. Yes, I went. <laughs> well, there. you know, yes. I think it's good. Well, well, but you know, I think it's good with Neris. Not, I think him yeah. going into this series rested, and I think that was a plan. I think that was a a foresight and as much crap as people give Dusty or the management staff or, well, are they doing this? If we had Brent Strom, this wouldn't be happening. Look, things didn't just switch overnight. We didn't become a dumb team or a bad managing team overnight. There are a lot of moves that managers make that fan bases across Major League Baseball will criticize over the course of a season. But with Nary's not being used very much, you didn't need him. So why use your best guy? Because right now he's on pace to break Stanek's record of lowest ERA by relief pitcher in club history. So right. that right there is huge. And you need to keep him fresh because, look, Nary's can come in and close for you if you need to. You remember he, he was in Philadelphia. He would get 20, 30 saves on the season. So he is a multifaceted relief arm that I just absolutely love what he's doing on this club. He's a firebrand. He's a fire starter. He's emotional. And you got to love that. Definitely good to have, you know, there at, at the back end of your bullpen. If you need, of course, you've got your closer in Ryan Presley, which, you know, he, he's an all-star. And But when he needs a, a day off or a second day off, you can bring in Hector Neris and you know you're going to get, excellent production out of him because he comes in and slams the door every time he comes out and he's kept that consistency from last year to this year we've seen a lot of things that we've seen in the bullpen just kind of what we saw last year is not this year and it goes to show how things can change from one year to the next but having Neris in there is is definitely he's uh, the uh like you mentioned the the, the catalyst that kind of keeps this uh this bullpen together as far as the era because this is one of the best all around staffs in major league baseball at the top of their of the league and going into this series when you've got a high powered high scoring offense that ranks first in the league against a top ranked bullpen top ranked average starting rotation it makes for a great series nonetheless so let's round out this silver boot series for the second time this year what are your predictions for the series a four game series okay Tonight through Monday, we've got Rono Blanco starting tonight. We probably will have Hunter Brown tomorrow on mm -hmm. Saturday. Frammer and Christian Javier probably rounding out this uh, series there in, in Arlington. How do you think this series is going to go? I think we split the first two. Um, I, I like Hunter Brown in the second game. Um, I can't count out the Rono Blanco game just because they're coming off two really, really high-powered wins. You didn't have to travel very far to get to where you are, so they're able to get in at a decent hour. Um, you're not really changing time and all that stuff, so that helps. That's a big, big help. Um, look, a four-game series, I think in a perfect world, I I, I want an Astro sweep because I want us right. to win yeah. one game after this series. But if you can split right now with the Rangers – I think a split is just as good as a series win. And I know some people say, oh, come on, you're you're going easy. You're you're afraid to commit your team to a series win. I just I need to see a little bit more. Now, if the Astros can win the first two, 
they can easily win one of the next two, right? The percentages right. go way up. You can walk out with a series win three to one. I'm thinking more of a two-two split. I don't see them losing the series. I don't see the Rangers sweeping, but it's either two, two or three, two Astros. I just, I can't, I can't settle on one number because if the team shows up that showed up and the pitching does what they're supposed to do, I mean, we hit well in this ballpark. So hmm. um, even without you or Don, I like, I like our chances to, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say um, Astros, Astros win this series um, three games to one. Okay. I like it. It's definitely something that Astros can do. It's probably uh, ambitious, <laughs> but I'm like, you sure you want to put all your chips on that, Brett? <laughs> that's like putting, I saw this video where, where some kid put all of his tuition money on, uh, you know, they're, they're at, uh, at Vegas or whatever he was. Right. And, um, you know, on the roulette that, uh, put all of his chips on red, all of his tuition, college money ended up, you know, getting red. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's like putting all your chips in and just rolling with it. Just, I mean, you got to have fun with it. Got to make those predictions because, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an in-state rivalry like we've never seen before with these two teams, especially being at the top of their division. So, I like it. But I see, think that, go ahead. What do you think? What do you think? See, I, I'm kind of more along the lines of the Astros splitting. Okay. Because it makes sense. Because they're they're gonna throw out uh, Nathan Evaldi at some point this true, weekend. True. Um, yeah. They're also gonna probably gonna throw out Martin Perez. Uh, two guys. Yeah. So yeah. So my so my three one series win is a little <laughs> ambitious. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm just gonna throw that out there, but I think you're probably a little bit better on the split two two. I think because I think a two two is still almost like a win because two two you still gain ground on them. And right yeah. now, it's not about being on top. It's just about getting closer. Um, so you're going two-two. You think they? You think they get beat by Evaldi and um, and Gray and Perez? Because they'll probably throw John okay. Gray out tonight. True. And and, and I, I yeah, think he Gray, yeah he is going tonight. Yeah, and I, I think Gray's been doing okay this year. I really haven't looked into those numbers, but. Um, you know, Nathan Navaldi, gosh, I mean, the, the guy's been, been lights out. You can see why the Rangers went out and got him. And, um, you know, especially with um, – they'll probably throw out Dane Dunning. Well, no, he pitched yesterday, so I don't think they'll, we'll see Dane Dunning in this series, which is good because he's kind of come in since Jacob deGrom has gone on the I believe IL. I saw Andrew Heaney is, I think, yeah. in line. Isn't he? Isn't he in line for this uh, for this start? He probably is, and he, from what I can – what I've – just seen so far i don't think uh he's doing okay i don't think he's um you know one that right the astros should, should be on the lookout for i think they can they, he probably will go tomorrow um i i think i think the astros well look can. if they can if they can somehow find a way to knock out an evaldi early or knock out john gray early John Gray doesn't just doesn't scare me. John Gray has pitched better this year than I've seen him pitch. Like whatever the Rangers pitching coaches have done for him has been successful. Um, but with Ronel Blanco really only having two pitches tonight, it may be tough. You know, he's got the four seam, the slider. He rarely throws a changeup. Right. So how's that going to play against a hard hitting team? Keep the ball in the yard. I think he allows more fly balls and ground balls. So, um, Two two split, I would be really happy with. Um, 
3-1 victory, I would be elated. But I, I just don't see the Astros losing this, only winning one out of the four games. And Rip, I think the Rangers are more concerned about this series than the Astros are because oh, now they're I, the hunted, yeah. and they've got more to lose. If the Astros lose, people are just going to be like, ah, the Astros are having a down year, right? Right. The Rangers, oh, they're one of the best teams in baseball. So now they've got to hold that mantle and keep that. So, and who knows, maybe they feel the pressure, maybe they don't. But I think with more online are the, are the Rangers for sure. Oh, absolutely. Looking at this series from a pitching perspective, Rono Blanco going up against John Gray. Blanco's 1-0 with a 4-6-3 ERA and 37 strikeouts. John Gray comes in at 6-3 with a 2-89 ERA and 69 strikeouts. Saturday is the key matchup that I think we're all going to be looking for because we have Hunter Brown against Nathan Ivaldi. Brown 6-4 yeah. with a 3-62 ERA, 97 strikeouts. Baldy coming in at 9-3 with a 282 80, uh, ERA with 101 strikeouts. And then when we look at Sunday, that would be – we don't know who's pitching on Sunday for the Astros. It could be Fromber. It could be somebody, somebody else. But Andrew Heaney will go. He's 5-5 five and five with a 438 ERA, 81 strikeouts. And then to close out this Lone Stars edition series on Monday – Martin Perez, and we don't know who's pitching yet for the Astros. It's TBD. 7-3 for Martin Perez, 428 ERA with 60 strikeouts. So, See, I think it's supposed to be Framber on Sunday, Javier on Monday, but the reason why they're holding is because I think they're looking at moving one of those guys either back. And what I wonder is if since they're in Texas, are they going to bring up someone like a Belak? And I haven't looked at Belak last pitch. I know the last time he pitched, he actually um, he had like six or seven strikeouts. He had six or seven solid innings. So, um, you know, he went down to AAA, and you know he's he he does he does really well at that level. So, are they trying to give Javier extra rest? Um, someone was speculating online. Well, is, you know, is someone hurt? And I'm like, I don't I don't think anybody's injured. But maybe they're trying to mix the order up or bring up somebody. Look, you you do have Dubin, who Dubin yeah. has done the who Dubin has done the piggyback start, and you could do Dubin as a hybrid starter on the Monday game if you don't want Javier to go in to start if you're not confident in that, um, and you know let Dubin pitch four and then let Javier come in and just you know the last five innings that's pretty much you know can get you a victory if you pitch those five innings so. And then you save your your bullpen altogether. I don't know. I haven't heard that. I just know that if they're not naming it, they probably are looking at who they throw out there. And maybe they got dubs out there as a hybrid guy that's going to do that every once in a while to save some innings. Yeah, just looking right now, uh, Brandon Belock is actually scheduled to pitch on Saturday for the Space Cowboys. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, so okay. he's one so, one with the 351 ERA. So if he gets scratched, then we know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we should know something later on today or probably early tomorrow on uh, whether or not he gets scratched for a start. So that will set it up for he's pitching on Sunday. So a little, little insider information there. Don't go and report us or anything. We're just here just to kind of speculate <laughs> and, and, and throw out our own predictions. So, But uh, it's going to be a definitely a fun series to kind of check out and watch between these two teams. Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chancy, my man. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode yeah. talking Astros baseball and setting up this preview for this series. 
Tell everybody where they can find you at and where they can follow all your good stuff. Yeah, man, HM Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find me at Locked On Astros, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I mean, wherever you do social media, um, check us out. Locked On Astros, HM Wheelhouse. And, uh, man, make sure y'all are subscribing to this channel. Rip does a great job. He keeps killing it. So thank you, Rip, for having me on. It's always fun talking baseball with you, sir. Definitely appreciate it very much. Locked On Astros is doing awesome, bringing all your Astros news daily. What's that? Every day, right? That's right. Become an everydayer. Listen to us every single day. There you go. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Texas Baseball Report. Remember, if you have any questions, you can always call in with your questions. That number is 210-263-3253. Let's do a mailbag sometime. Call you in with your questions. Let's talk some baseball. That's to do it. Take care, guys. Mauricio! Outtakes. <laughs> Subscribe. Oh, we're still alive. Oh, we're still.